Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Garth Ball. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Good to be back in church. Uh, I've heard Pastor Phil taunting me on podcast uh, about being away for so long and how my excuses have run out. And in fact, I believe my friend Joey said the other day to Jesse and said, I miss Garth because he doesn't come to church anymore. And I thought it's time to get back into the house of God. It's not a good day when that's the reputation that you have going before you. Um, but love what Pastor Phil said about vision, such an exciting time of the year, vision builders. And uh, uh, I was at Presence Conference recently, and some of you would have, would have been there and heard the panel of Brian Houston, Phil Pringle, and Louis Giglio. And, you know, we know these guys, Brian Houston, church of, two, you know, 20,000 other campuses around the world. I don't know what Hillsong would have around the world now. Membership would be like around the world or Australia. Yeah, about 20,000. Uh, Phil Pringle, uh, the, the apostle to over 300 churches around the world with 80,000 members. Uh, Louis Giglio, who has just done incredible things with Uh, Passion Conference and a whole lot of young adult outreaches. And they were asked this question in a panel. They said, if you could do it all again, what would you do differently? What would you do differently? And my ears pricked up when I heard that. I was like, this would be good to, to know because this is some seriously fruitful men that we're hearing from. And each one of them said, "Uh, if I had my time again, I would dream bigger. I would dream bigger. And I thought that was just incredible that guys of that fruitfulness and that capacity uh, would, would say out of anything that they could do differently, they would dream bigger. And so, you know, I just believing that this month and even being at the Vision Builders Dinner on Friday night and you're hearing Pastor Phil Pringle talk and some of the guys and what they're pledging to give to the building fund and what they're, you know, it's just, you walk away from those sort of times thinking bigger. And so it is my heart that as a church, we would enter into next week, the dinner, uh, the, the celebration. We turn 18 next Sunday, is that right, as a church? And so it is just such a wonderful season. I pray that we would not let our vision be diminished in any way. And if it has, I want to encourage you to get rid of everything that is blocking that and everything that would be causing you to look smaller and, and dream smaller because God is a God of increase. Everything about the kingdom of God is about increase uh, from glory to glory. And, you know, so I think that is the heart that we need to have heading into next week. That we can go dream bigger. You know, Pastor Phil has shared a little bit over the past few weeks and he's told you about the wall that got, gets knocked out in this building and the 1,100-seat auditorium. We'll look at a little bit of that just in a short time. But, but all of that, like that is, at the moment, that's our big dream. But really, even that, is not even going to be big one day. And so we need to just keep expanding and keep letting God just stretch us and grow us. And, and for your life, not just our church, but your life, for the, the call of God on your life. 
allowing God to open your eyes for what you can do and what is yet to come in your world. Because if the best is over, then, you know, I'm sorry for that. But I don't believe that that's the case. I think the best is always ahead. And I think that should be the attitude we have. Uh, So just this morning, I'm going to ask my wife, Jamie, to come up. We're going to show you some photos from Africa. Um, And I'm just standing this side of the pulpit because it's bigger than me. Uh, Hello, church. And so as we... (laughs) That's fantastic. Love it. We love Um, it. (laughs) So we've been back a few weeks now, and so many of you so generously contributed to getting us over to Africa and pulling off a whole bunch of things there. And so we just wanted to let you know a few reports from that and show you a few photos. So let's have a look at, let's have a look at some of those. I've got some maps happening so you know where we are because some people go, you know, I'm in Uganda and they don't even know what's (laughs) happening in Africa. But, and so anyway, that's Uganda uh, where Lizzie has spent a whole bunch of time and I saw your nephew and passed on your, your gifts to him. Uh, so we were in the kick him. Now we did, firstly, just hold it there for a sec. We, first thing, Jamie, Pastor Chris, Pringle, Amanda, and Cliff, and the team ran an Every Woman conference. And Every Woman is a real heart of Pastor, Pastor Chris to just see women yeah. empowered at Oxford Falls, but all around the world. And so there's Every Woman events in different places where we have them here. Uh, and so what are these photos? What happened there? Um, so this is the first Every Woman's Conference we did, and there was over 1,200 women that gathered here. So um, it was about, was it three regions altogether came together, yep. and um, over 30 to 40 churches. It was absolutely incredible. We had ladies at the actual windows, like, because there was no room inside whatsoever. And that was awesome. This is Pastor Amanda Ancliffe. So we had Pastor Amanda Ancliffe. Pastor um, Chris Pringle there, who were the guest speakers, along with the other um, African pastors. You can see it's just absolutely packed. And we'll go to the next. Oh, yeah. I put that one in. On the children. They love selfies. And um, because the language barriers there, this is the kind of way that you can um, interact with them at times for a bit of fun. So you just get your little iPhone out and they're like, woo! They love it. Put a few in there for you. <laughs> I put these photos together. So they're all of Jamie. And so then we went, as you can see, the little dot has moved high. We went to our church, C3 churches, in the very north of Uganda. And so yeah. this was right on the border of South Sudan and Uganda. And the first one uh, was C3 Maddie Ope uh, and Robert, the guy next on my left, our right. Now he's the pastor of the church, and he oversees all our C3 churches in the north of Kitgum. Yeah. And uh, so we had a good time there. Jamie, as soon as we got there, she said, do I have to sit in church? Can I go and hang out with the kids? And so next um, photo, she did. <laughs> Under the mango and tree. We they started church. wanting to fight me when I was taking pictures. It was <laughs> and then Jamie found another baby. Little Snoop As dog. she did everywhere she went. <laughs> and that was cool. And so then we went from there right to another church, C3 Agoro, which is the closest church that we have to the border, yeah. about 10 k's maybe from South Sudan. And that is David Livingston, as you'll see, just in a beautiful part of the world. Yeah. Um, we got there and church, some of the people hadn't made it back from the ladies' conference, so there was a lot of kids there at church. This is their church under the mango tree. And we got there and just back to that other one for a second, we got there and I saw a whole bunch of kids and I'd already preached that morning, and David said, oh, they would like for you to share the word with them now. And I said, 
my wife is going to be incredible at sharing the word this morning. It was not fair. And uh, so I said, baby, you're wrong. It was about three minutes of silence. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm all <laughs> and right. so she taught them some songs. And, yeah. and then they said, and now you've got to share as well. And so anyway, we did it. So it was all good. <laughs> so we did that. Good for him. And then the next day, so that was on a Sunday. Then the next day, Monday, we went fully foot, Jamie's work and also our finances that we raised, we were yeah. able to con- uh, purchase some resources for uh, a school that is run out of C3 Kitgum, yeah. and also an orphanage called Tender Trust run by a Kiwi lady. Uh, we'll see a picture of her, but maybe you can that's talk us school, through that's these. That's Kitgum Matiti School. Yep. Um, so yeah, we got them skipping ropes, books, new chairs. Um, we're able to pay for a year scholarship for a child to go to school for a whole year. And then also, um, at, the, at the time when we got there, the teacher hadn't been paid for six months. So we were able to um, pay for her six months and then continue for another three months to teach the kids. That's the teacher there in the brown. Um, it was school holidays, but um, they did arrange for some kids yeah, to so come down. there's 100 kids usually. Yeah, um, you can see the them in little wearing. school uniforms. They, um, that's what they wear every day, pretty much. They wash it at the end, dry it in the morning, quickly chuck it on. Most of them um, only have that for clothes and this is me teaching them uh, some English out of some books. Um, I did say that um, we can go back for a second. I did teach them that um, there was a, 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 a hog in a the ho- book hog. and I said wog yes. accidentally. So, so I them. said this is a wog and they all went wog and, they were all <laughs> and Garth looked at me and he <laughs> went no not the so right that word. Would, that would be a hog sweetheart <laughs> that would be a hog. So don't anyway. teach them that word, they already know it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so the next one then we went to an orphanage that I just had a, one of Terrible. our family friends uh, knows this lady in Kidgum and a friend of David's as well. Lois, she's just a yeah, tough lady, amazing. just single lady, never married, uh, moved to Kidgum about 10 years ago, yep. started an orphanage and um, doing a, a great job there. We brought them against soccer balls, so had to kick around. Yep. of soccer with them, uh, the skipping ropes. They were all having a wonderful time with that. Mm. And then Jamie found a friend here, a beautiful girl who didn't have legs. Is that right? Um, or she, she had crippled legs. Crippled and legs. Crippled arms. Yeah. Couldn't get out of bed. But just so you know, Peace Radio that we have supported in the past, this girl, she, so she, doesn't, she can't move, she can't do anything, but that radio next to her, what she does, what, what brings her joy is listening to Peace Radio. She sits there all day listening to Peace Radio. And so radio <laughs> in Australia, we think, we just think, oh, radio, that's like, who listens to radio? But, um, but in Uganda, it is a really powerful way yeah, to reach people. And uh, so Peace Radio is continuing to power on and, yep. and do cool things over there. So, um, oh, yeah, that's right. And then after that, man, so much, we've got to get through this. Uh, then we did C3 Kitgum Conference uh, seminar and all our churches, all 26 churches in Kitgum have got their new signs and so there's churches in villages all around northern Uganda with C3 church signs there. Um, Jamie leading some worship during some ministry time, uh, playing the guitar because she does now <laughs> and the worship Apparently. leader left town after day one of the seminar. Uh, and so Jamie got the call up and did a great job. Next, so we went down to Kampala in the capital city of Uganda and did another co- seminar. But first, we visited Watoto Church. I don't know if you've heard of Watoto Children's Choir, mm. um, but that is a church run by some white people 
and just a massive church, 20,000 people and yeah. uh, modern church. Then I went to the opposite and I went to one of our C3 churches in Chibuli in Kampala. And when I got there, there was uh, three people in the congregation and five in the band. And then by the time I finished, there was church growth and revival and there was about 20 people. And then another seminar in Kampala, more worship from the guys. Andrew McLennan there with Jamie. Uh, this, this, the staff at the hotel that we were at, the Knobview Hotel, uh, it, they, they loved the seminar so much. They, at the last night, so after every session, they would say to the speaker, we loved that session, that was amazing. And they're like, great, didn't even know you were there. But, and then the last night, they heard the music was going, it was a real celebration, and yeah. they all came up and would sort of come in. And we said, come in and join us. And so they were coming in, dancing, so and good. had a great time. And in between being on the toilet, most of the time, I managed to do some <laughs> online training because I got a little bit sick over there. But that was a tough session right there, I tell you. That was very tough. Clench ministry, we not, called that it. Was, yeah, that was a quill. Yeah, I cut it short. Anyway, so from there, we went from Kampala over to Nairobi, and we did our first C3 gathering ever in Nairobi. Yeah. And uh, it happened. After a missed flight, almost having to get another flight via Rwanda, we end up getting another flight straight there. Anyway, long story, fun one. And we did our seminar there, which was a really great seed and the start of something really special. Yeah. Um, we had uh, Andrew McLennan, is pastor from Brisbane. He was with us the whole time, great man of God. And uh, this guy here, Kasu, is from Ethiopia. So he got on a plane and public transport from there and came to the seminar all the way from Ethiopia. He's just had his building taken off him because the Muslims protested in his area. And so he was after some prayer and just support, connection, really great guy, really nice guy. So he came along. And then we went up to the, the, this, the tower at convention center in Nairobi and just looked at the whole uh, city, looked around. Yeah. We, this is a, the aerial view. And we had, so we had Rock on the left, Pastor Rock is our C3 Eastern Africa um, coordinator on the ground in Africa. He's a really good guy. To the left of me, Robert Lutu, our C3 East Africa administrator. Next to him, Frank Matovu, who is the, the worship leader at C3 Kabbalagala in Kampala. And he is the, you know, one of the great worship leaders of the region. And then next to him, our keyboard player, Ken uh, from C3 Carzo, and so we took, that was our team with uh, Andrew, Andrew had left by then, but, uh, and, oh no, sorry, he was out preaching somewhere, um, but we went around and looked around the city, and as Pastor Phil said, we were checking it out. So that's some of the photos, um, and so we told you that before we left, that we were going to see what influence we could have in the city of Nairobi, and uh, we have some good news that there is much influence to be had. The city is indeed, um, you know, just thriving, bustling city. It's, you know, over four million people and a lot of young people and just people ready. And, and, and it's ready for a C3 church. And so we have some good news, don't we? And she's not pregnant. So I knew that as soon as I said we have, some, we have something to announce, we have some good news, that you would think that. But no, alas, that's not true. The good news is that indeed... Uh, Nairobi is right for a C3 church. And we are going to have one there. And the good news is that uh, Jamie and I have decided that we shall be the ones to go and plant that church. 
So it is, um, thank you, thank you, most kind. So <laughs> you guys are going to be crying heaps more. That's cool. Tears um, of joy, tears, tears of, of joy. joy. Yeah. In a late night. <laughs> she does want to go. She's not like, oh, don't make me know. No. Um, so, so probably around next May, we are going to move to Africa, move to Nairobi, and uh, just plant a church, have a go, get it happening, and see a really strong, thriving C3 church in Nairobi. Yeah. And so we're really excited. We yeah. are. Anything you want to add? We'll be back for Christmas. We'll be back for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We'll be waiting for our presents. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need plenty of those yeah. till we leave. Totally. So we're going to spend the next, you know, 10 months just preparing and yep. casting vision, getting team and yep. uh, raising finances. You know, we're believing for, you know, it's, we, we did an 18-month budget and it'll, it'll cost around 180, 200 grand. Uh, to pull something off and live there and, and start a church. And, and this is all good. And, and all the, and, you know, I mean, this church, we're believing for that and more for this church yeah. and just in the next 12 months. And, you know, when I was at the Vision Builders dinner in Sydney, I heard Tim Foote say that he was committing to $250,000 this year just for Vision Builders. I'm like, there is plenty of resource going around to build the kingdom of heaven. And so, you know, it's... It, being in that seminar, just with a handful of people, praying for the city, yep. there's going to be some incredible stories uh, over the next few years about what God's doing there through C3 and, and whatever's going on there. So we appreciate, you know, your, your prayers, uh, your support, and we look forward to sharing more about what's going on in the lead up to that as we get, you know, more plans into place. Yep. So Visitors welcome. Visitors most welcome. <laughs> Visitors most welcome. So anyway, wonderful. Thank you. Give Jamie a big hand. Alrighty, let's encourage you quickly based out of that. And so I hope that will provide a bit of context to some of the things that I'm going to say now. Just the next scripture, I just wanted to show you one more photo as I start. And this, this is Padere Airstrip. And this is where you fly into when you land in Kitgum. And there is no terminal, there is no, you know baggage carousel or anything like that you get out and you are on your own and this was wonderful this time because David didn't forgot that we were coming and didn't pick us up and so we got off the plane and we are standing there and there was no one around and so like ah and he lives an hour away so we thought this is going to be interesting and all of a sudden eyes start popping out of the trees and the local kids started to see us and they started to come out in force. And the children, you can't really speak to them in English that well. They're still developing that. And so we're starting there. And mind you, this was our first stop. And we were cashed up with a lot of cash, a lot of you know, computers, just everything we owned in our bags and just people coming out of the woodworks. And I knew we weren't leaving anytime soon. And so I'm, I'm not easily freaked out, but I was starting to get a little bit uncomfortable, just put the, put the locks on the bags and just, you know, sort some things out. And just a, as things started getting quite awkward, uh, this, like, this lady came down, and her name was Rose, and she's there. <laughs> and the whole bike's another story, but she came down, and she said, and she said, she brought mangoes, and she said, welcome to our land. I hope you're not scared being here on your own. 
Uh, you are most welcome. Everyone here is lovely and friendly, and you're most welcome on our land. We own this land, and, you know, have some mangoes, and just, you know, you're most welcome. And so, for me, it was just such a picture of the unusual kindness that Luke speaks about in Acts when they landed on, I think it was Malta, and the, the, the locals showed unusual kindness. So it was just really comforting uh, for her to come down and say, you know, welcome to our, to our place. But the thing that struck me about her most was she said this to us first up. She goes, are you here for the ministry? And I was like, well, yeah, we are actually. We're, you know, pastor, Jamie's like, my husband, we're pastors and this and that. And she was just like, oh, that is so wonderful. That is so good. She goes, you know what? We are living in times where Christians must be active. They must be ready. You know, these are important times on the face of the planet and there's things going on around the world and there's not a time for Christians to be sleepy, to be lying down. It's time for Christians to rise up. And I'm like getting ministered to going, this is awesome. I was like, yeah. who, Who would have thought, like I'm sitting here and here's this lady just telling me about how important the ministry is and how it's time for the church to be alive. And so that was actually something that struck me over the course of the next few weeks, something that God was just stirring my heart about, about the, the seasons that we are in on the planet and just the need for the church of God to rise up. And, you know, if we look at the scripture in 1 Philippians, uh, Philippians 1, 20 to 24, Paul's in prison and he's writing to the Philippians Let me just share this scripture and and a little bit around that. It says this, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better, I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I can continue to live. Now, Jamie and I have been thinking about this for a, for a fair while now, moving to Africa. It's not something we just got excited about and decided overnight. But it has been very exciting until now, or until this trip. This trip, it became very real. And when we're on the brink of saying, okay, this is it, we're actually going to do this. And for me, it turned, in, it turned from a, an excitement and an adventurous, you know, buzz about it to a, an accepting of the call of God, saying, God, this is not the easy option for me, but there is a fruitful work to be done. And with that in mind, we hear you calling and yes, we will go. So it's not like, a, you know, the easy option is not going. I figured that out, and I've, I, I know that. It's not going. It's not the easy option. Uh, if it was just up to us, I think now I'd probably go, yeah, it wasn't the easy, adventurous, exciting thing alone that I thought. Maybe we'll just hang around here. But it is the God thing, and he's, and he's clearly shown it to us. We've got the vision for it. And there's something on the, that on the inside when you say for yourself that the life that I'm living is to do fruitful work for Christ, not for my own satisfaction and just so I can get the things that I want. No, and and I, you know, we're talking about flourishing. God wants us to, to flourish on the journey. But the, you know, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and then all those things will be added to you. There is a very clear message through all of the New Testament in my perspective and all of the scripture in general that, that the, the key 
thing in our world is that we should respond to what God is calling us to in life and live a life that is not just based on what is good for us, but what is fruitful for the kingdom of heaven. And when God calls, I tell you what, you don't need to worry about it being, you know, just terrible and, and hard. And so like, there's going to be challenges, but I tell you what, the fruit of what we're about to do, the fruit of what C3 Tugra is coming into, the fruit of what's going to happen in the Church of Christ around the world in these days is going to be so much bigger and better and overshadow any challenge. You know, Paul says, a door of effective ministry is open to me and there are those who oppose us. Of course there is the opposition, but the key thing is the door of fruitful ministry. And so the thing for me as I read this is like, is, is just this urgency that, guys, now is the time for Christians and Christians in Australia to come alive to the things of God. It is time for us to do that. And it is so easy here to not do that. But I tell you what, other people, other groups are doing that. You, might, you see the news, see that, you know, mosques in Bendigo and Chinese temples in Warnervale and, and this and that. And I tell you what, it is my heart that the, the, the Christian church around the world would, would, be a, would awaken themselves before they get awoken. Because there's plenty going on around the planet that will wake people up. We are lucky that we're not experiencing a whole bunch of that in this country. Because around the place, just turn on the news for two seconds and you'll see a whole bunch that will wake you up if it needs to. But I pray, you know, I pray that we could just get it on the inside, this passion on the inside, this response on the inside of us that says, you know what, let's build the kingdom of God on the central coast in Tugra before any things happen that make us respond to that and get woken up saying, we just go, you know what, because it's my belief that the church should be the one that is initiating attack in the war for this planet. Uh, you know, the next scripture, Matthew 16, 18, it says, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Gates do what? They keep out. So it's not like you don't go around beating someone with a gate, you know, swinging your gate around, trying to take someone out with a gate. A gate is for defense. So that I, in, my, in, in my interpretation of this, hell should be on the defense, not the attack. It shouldn't be like hell's breaking loose and we're recovery mode trying to, you know, stop you know, patch things up and, and keep things happening. No, no, we should be on the attack and hell should be in turmoil going, my gosh, these Christians are just so on fire. We've got we to gotta try and do something. There needs to be this, like Pastor Phil was saying, a passion on the inside of us that is not, that does not fade, that does not, you know, just fade when things get easy. Because I know for me, like when I play sport, probably my only weakness is that... Um, is that when I, if I start winning, no, one of many, when I start winning, I sort of take it easy. So, like, you know, you're beating, so, you know, you're playing tennis and you're winning like five games to two and all of a sudden you just, you don't try as hard. You're like, oh, it's pretty easy. We're doing all right. And then all of a sudden, they're back in the game. But, you know, I think that when we're taking ground in the kingdom, we need to put the, you know, grab them by the throat and just finish them off. You know, we just need to keep going. That's pretty rough, right? But we just need to go, go, go and not let up. Not go, oh, we've, we've had some nice little victories. You know, we've got our building that's looking okay now and, you know, our driveways had the first stage and, you know, whatever it is. Let's just chill out for a bit. No, 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 no. We need to just press forward. The scripture of, you know, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I'll raise up a standard. I was looking at that as well. And the standard was the, the, the banner, the the banner that was lifted up in a battle that was a call to arms that said, 
that, that when that was lifted up, it was like this war cry to keep going, not to retreat, but to keep going. It was like, yeah, we're not pulling out now. Come on, let's keep going. And so when the gates of hell, you know, come and, and, the, and the churches and the church and the gates of hell meet and, and there's some resistance, it's not like, oh, time to retreat, time to retreat. No, no, no. It's the banner's lifted up. Jesus, our banner, is high and lifted up. And as we look to him and as we, as we see him and keep our eyes on him, not what's going on around us, if we can stir ourselves up to keep our eyes on the banner that is lifted up, the standard that is saying, come on, keep going, that's when, even when the enemy flees, then we chase them down and finish the job. Like the stories of the Old Testament, how cool is it they? Where it's like, wipe them off the face of the planet, not just have a few victories. It's like, let's, you know, world domination here. <coughs> and so, so that's, that's my heart, that, that, that in, our, in C3 Tugger at least, it's got to start somewhere. That, that there is a church that is not, you know, just ticking over, doing all right, but there is a church that is so alive and so on the attack that is, you know, on the, you know, like Pastor Phil Pringle was saying the other night on media and, and, and cutting edge and, you know, reaching out into, the, into all areas of, of the community and, and, our, and our area and our spheres of influence that we're not like, you know, we're the head, not the tail, above, not beneath. We're, we're, we are the ones that are initiating. We are the ones that are alive and we're not just waiting to respond to stuff that's going on in the world. And so that's been one of the key things that, that I've been stirred about. And so why, so why is that? If we have the next slide, our vision statement, the central coast for Christ. That's why we must be alive. That is why we must get to this point and find ourselves in a place of perpetual, revived living, uh, just ready to do the work of God. And let's read a scripture. I've just got one quite lengthy scripture. We'll have a look at it. Jonah chapter 4. We know the story of Jonah. I was sharing a little bit a while ago on the story of Jonah, but God says to Jonah, go to Nineveh, pre- call them to repent. Nineveh was a horrific city, big influential city, but a bit of a shocker. And Jonah says, no, nope, going to the other way. I'm going to go to Tarshish. And he goes in the whale, the whole story. God delivers him. And he ends up going eventually. He goes to Nineveh, preaches, says, repent, turn from your ways, turn to God. And they listen. And, and Jonah gets his all uptight. He says, God, you can't forgive these guys because they're so evil. I knew you were going to do this. I knew if I went and preached to them. That's why I didn't go. It wasn't because I was scared. I didn't go and preach to these guys because I knew that you were merciful, you're gracious, you're compassionate, and that if they actually turned to you, they would get saved. And so, and so Jonah's in this place of, of saying, God, basically these guys don't deserve to get saved. You know, they don't deserve it. They're, they're too bad. And so let's just pick up and see what God has to say about that and what God does in Jonah chapter 4, verse 4. It says, Then the Lord said, Is it right to be angry about this? So Jonah went out and sat sulking on the east side of the city. And he made a leafy shelter to shade him as he waited there to see if anything would happen to the city. And when the leaves of the shelter withered in the heat, the Lord arranged for a vine to grow up quickly and spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head to shade him. This made him comfortable and very grateful. But God also prepared a worm. The next morning, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away and died. Then when the sun was hot, God ordered a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah, and the sun beat down upon his head until he grew faint and wished to die. For he said, death is better than this. Jonah is a big pansy. 
And God said to Jonah, God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because your, your plant died? I don't know if Ollie gets uptight. Where's Ollie Kincher uptight about his succulents dying? But, um, and then the Lord said, oh, no, Jonah, yes, Jonah said, it, it, is, it is. It is right for me to be angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry for yourself when your shelter is destroyed, though you did no work to put it there. And it is, at best, short-lived. And why shouldn't I feel sorry for a great city like Nineveh with its 120,000 people in utter spiritual darkness and all its cattle? Utter spiritual darkness. You know what? We get so focused on that which is at best short-lived, that which makes us comfortable, and we get passionate about those things all too easy. But God is putting things into perspective to Jonah. He's saying, Jonah... The, the point is not which makes you comfortable. The, the, the point is not those things which are temporal. The things that you need to worry about are, are people. Are people. Your city or, or this city that is in utter spiritual darkness. And I would like to propose to you that the central coast is actually in spiritual darkness. That it is not a spiritual place. In fact, more than, more than that, it is turning the opposite way very quickly. Our nation is turning, I believe, except for the church and the church rising up, it is actually turning less spiritual and away from God. You know, scripture chaplaincies just, you know, had the high court turned over to make it, you can't have just a faith-based chaplains. Our, our nation is, there are people fighting to turn our nation away from God. We need to fight for our nation to turn to God. And I don't know what it's going to do to stir up the church in Australia to do that, but all it takes is just a, a decision like Paul says, you know what, if I can hang around, I'll do fruitful work for Christ. That is what life's about, saving souls. That's why our vision is the central coast for Christ, because there is a whole bunch that we could do, but the key thing is everything we do, facilities beyond everything, is to see the central coast for Christ. Next thing, we're racing through this. Let's get this done. Um, the two things, let's just touch on vision builders really quickly. Vision builders, next week we're going to be pledging. And uh, it is my heart that we run into next week. We don't walk, we don't stumble, we just run as a church into this week with the vision for what God is doing here. And there are two components to vision builders. There is our facilities and our beyond initiatives. Now just looking at facilities for a moment, you know, I think it is, it is so important that we have a strong home base here as we reach out and we plant churches and as we reach out in the community. I am very passionate about having a strong base at C3 Tugra. Facilities, I believe, are important. And, you know, if you're one of the ones that think that, you know, let's be honest, there's critics out there of church buildings. Oh, the church should spend money on buildings. It's not the church isn't a building. That's true. But, you know, let's give to the poor and all that sort of thing. Great sentiment, but uh, inaccurate and small thinking. So let's just, let me start by saying this. John Finkeldy has come up with, uh, he just had a blog and he mentioned six reasons that a church should have a building. I thought that were cool. It sends a, we are here to stay message to the community. We're here. This is us. We're not going anywhere. That's why when the mosque has gone up in Bendigo, everyone's started to go, oh my gosh, these guys are here now. They're you know, they're here, $3 million mosque. 
Uh, it builds equity for future generations, equity that can be used for ongoing expansion. It beats weekly set up, set down. Who can amen to that? I see all those hands. My goodness. It gives you a physical presence in the community. This is, the biggest, this is one of the biggest ones for me. It means you, not the venue owners, can control your environment. How many churches lose momentum when they're moving every time? Sorry, guys, you're out of here. But you can't do this service this week. We've got something else on. We can do whatever we want and it's whenever we want to. And uh, that's the way we like it. It matures Christians and churches as they learn to acquire land, build buildings, raise money, and advance their cause. We are, it said at Vision Builders, there are, there are only 40 C3 churches in Australia that have managed to occupy their own land. 40 out of 90 or 100 C3 churches. So this is an achievement, guys. What we are standing on is an achievement. And not only that, it is a big achievement. Of course, I think it is up there, like I think it's like the third biggest piece of land in C3 church in Australia, probably close to globally, I don't know, but this is a significant piece of land. It's not just going to be had easily. That's why there's been a fight, because it's significant. And, um, you know, if, if it was right thinking that we shouldn't spend any money on a building and it should all be used on reaching out, then I reckon our churches in Africa would be pretty keen to not have buildings. Uh, they, 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 more than anyone, want to see their people helped. But that's not the case. They, they are all believing, saving, generating income to purchase property and to place a stake in the ground in their community. And in fact, uh, we've had two this year, C3 churches in Africa, get ground, get property. Now, I've got a picture of one that Luke and I were standing at uh, a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, that was grass, overrun bush, and they were wanting to buy it. And Luke and I stood on the ground as they were about to uh, put in an offer and we just said, Jesus, we declare this C3 church property. This is their church. This is their ground. This is their land. And since then, this is the structure they've put up and they're meeting in it. Telling you what, there's something about having um, facilities. We are going to be able to do so much. You've got to see. Don't just look at it like it is now. You've got to be able to see, close your eyes, and picture the future that Pastor Phil is talking about and the, and, and the vision that is being cast before us. Um, and I'll tell you what, our generations in the future are not going to be hoping we didn't fight the fight that we're fighting now. They're going to be going, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that our forefathers did this because when we have this as it is and, 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 and strong, we're going to be able to reach out in ways that are going to be so fruitful for the kingdom. I'm telling you that right now. And um, lastly, and so, and the, so the second part, uh, first thing, facilities, second part, beyond. And, you know, we have our Beyond initiatives that we support at the moment. And I honestly believe that this is just the beginning for, for our reaching out. We're going to be in a, heading into a season where we are going to be empowered to reach out into, in, into, in ways that we have not been able to before. And so, you know, we have our Africa and church planting. C3 Nairobi is not going to be the, first, the, the last church plant that C3 Tugra plants. There's going to be others. Um, St. Philip's Christian um, College that our girls that are, studying after being young mums. Uh, Wyong High School, chaplaincy and scripture programs going on. Camp for Kids with the Phillipses, uh, which is an incredible ministry reaching out to children with one or both parents in prison. And Big Noise, we heard about that before, coming up soon. Get on team if you want to do that, but that is an incredible thing as well. And so we want to just see 
we want to head into next week, and, and I believe that this is a season of flourish, that this, this would be a season where our facilities and our beyond initiatives will go to new levels of fruitfulness, that we will finish that car park, that we will have the kids' facilities, that there will be a church in Nairobi, that there will be kids' programs, that these things will come to pass and increase in Jesus' name. So why don't we uh, grab the band, and why don't we stand up just as I read you one more scripture. You'll remember the story of the Tower of Babel. And, you know, it was a pretty sad situation, really. Man had got so depraved that they really had no need for God after the fall. And they came up with an idea and said, let us make, um, let us make a great city for ourselves uh, with a tower that reaches into the skies that we, um, this will make us famous keep us from being scattered all over the world. And so they're trying to, these people are trying to make a great name for themselves and they're trying to gather together to build this great tower to reach into the heavens. I think it's very powerful what God says about that. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Isn't that powerful? That, a, that an evil plan, when people were united, with one language, with one voice, with one vision, that nothing would be impossible for them. How much more, with a God vision, with the presence of God, with the full support of heaven behind us, if united with one language... Everyone's saying, we can do this. We're doing this. This is where we're going. We're into it. Let's go there. All with one language. Not like, oh, I don't know about that vision. I'm not sure if we can. No, no, no. All with one vision. All united. How much more are all things possible? How much more are all things possible for us? But it's my heart that, that, that that's a key factor in my eyes as we head into next week. As we come to the Vision Builders Dinner and we make our pledges that we're going to commit to and keep for the next 12 months. And as we celebrate our 18-year uh, birthday celebrations on the Sunday, I just my heart is that, guys, we would prepare our hearts over the next week and that as a church, we would, we would enter in into that week with a big resounding yes on the inside of us, a big resounding yes that we are together, that we are united, that we are speaking the same language, we're heading the same direction, and that we are believing for God to do all that He's going to do here. You with me? Yes? Yeah. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.